You're listening to the Pioneering Today podcast with Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and pioneer roots. And this is episode number 65, 11 ways to cook off-grid or without power. So one of my favorite things about the pioneer days was their ability to accomplish so much without electricity. It's amazing when you look at how reliant we are today on electricity, when you look at how they lived and what they did. Many of us would be hard-pressed to make it a few hours, days, let alone years, without our electricity and all of the stores that we have. Now, I'm not saying that I don't appreciate my power and use of said stores, because I totally do. And as long as they're here, I plan on using them. However, I also believe in knowing how to do things without those said benefits. I'm often an eclectic mix of old-fashioned and modern, and I'm guessing that you probably are too. See, I knew we'd be fast friends. So cooking outdoors or off-grid, which is just aka without power, is something that I believe everybody, and I do mean everybody, should know how to do. Not just hardcore survivalists, not just campers, not just Boy Scouts, everybody. So I don't cook every meal without electricity, but I do have the confidence and the knowledge that I'm able to do so. My father and I were picking shell beans to can, and we were talking about his growing up through the Great Depression years. And he said that he knows what it's like, and he'll always live thinking that it could happen again, and always wanting to be prepared for that kind of scenario. And as the beans dropped into the bowl at our feet, we were sitting in the garden. I loved what he said that followed that. And he said, but you know something? Hard times bring people together. And I absolutely believe that he is right. And I also believe that he's right in wanting to be prepared. So we go where I live without power, usually every winter, sometimes in the summertime. But we always lose power at least a few times a year. Sometimes it's just for a few hours, sometimes it's for a few days, and once we even went a couple of weeks without it. And I have a feeling that most people are going to experience a prolonged power outage in their lives a time or two, or like us, a time or two every couple months. (laughs) So when the power is out, there's nothing like still being able to serve your family a hot full course meal. And there's several ways to choose to cook and bake Because trust me, living without baked goods is not really living. Your food without power. So I hope you learn how to do several of these well before you need to. And that is the key with anything in preparedness um, and old-fashioned living is having the skills and knowing how to do it before you absolutely need to. Now, you're going to need a few cooking tools to make use of doing off-grid or outdoor cooking. And I actually use several of mine indoors as well. And that's what makes them so versatile and awesome and why you just need to have them in your arsenal. So some of my favorite and most reliable items to use in outdoor cooking is a spider Dutch oven. It's absolutely a must for cooking over an open fire. In fact, I might have a slight addiction and have over three (laughs) in different sizes. And then your cast iron Dutch oven that has like a casserole skillet. And this is really the coolest thing ever, you guys. So the lid turns upside down to become a skillet. So you get two cooking things in one, which I think is awesome. Another thing if you're cooking outside that's going to come in really super handy. No, you don't have to have it, but you're going to like it is a Dutch oven lid lifter. So your cast iron Dutch ovens get really super hot. 
and cast iron retains heat really well, which is one of the reasons that I love it. And when you're cooking outdoors with a Dutch oven, you have burning coals on top and beneath it, and you don't want your fingers to get anywhere near them. And then if you use your oven mitt, it can get ashy and it can get hot still even with that. So a Dutch oven lid lifter, they're less than 10 bucks and they're just totally worth the investment in my opinion. And then another thing that I don't think anybody should do without is a coffee maker. So an outdoor percolator, which you can use indoors as well, is absolutely a must because a world without coffee isn't a place I tend to be very happy in for very long. (laughs) So you can get a little percolator and it'll make coffee every single day that you need it. We use ours when we're camping and at home and it's just, it's great. So you're not having to depend upon an electrical appliance for said coffee. So You can get links to all of these for my favorites, the ones that we have, and that kind of a thing in the show notes. And I actually have something I'm really super excited to tell you about today. So I have a freebie for you guys, and it is a download loadable, and it's all on how to care and clean for your cast iron. Because cast iron is something that we use exclusively when we're cooking outdoors um, and almost every single one of the 11 ways to cook without power that we're going to be sharing. And Knowing how to properly care and store and use your cast iron is invaluable. And so I want to share all of those and give you tutorials on how to do everything from seizing it to cleaning it and storing it. So you can go to the show notes. This is episode number 65. Just go to melissaknorris.com. Click on the podcast button. It's in the upper right hand menu. And then you'll see all of the episodes. And this is, like I said, episode number 65. 11 ways to cook without power. So definitely get yourself over there and grab that freebie. So the number first way that we I like to cook without power, and you probably have guessed it because I already mentioned that, is Dutch oven cooking. I love to cook outdoors with my cast iron Dutch ovens. It makes me feel like a bona fide pioneer woman, and it saves us money on our electricity bill. And I swear, you tell me if I'm wrong on this, that Food tastes better when it's cooked outside and cast iron. I don't know what it is, but I swear it tastes better. So to cook outdoors with your Dutch oven, just and I do have in the show notes link to this actually a tutorial on how to cook over an open fire with your Dutch oven because I know some things just you really need the visual on, but we're going to go over it really briefly. So the, the premise is with the Dutch oven is you can bake in a cast iron Dutch oven anything that you would inside in your regular oven. So you're going to have your heat source and... When you're just starting out, I highly recommend using, and I talk about this in the tutorial as well, but using charcoal. You want to make sure that you're using charcoal that's not been treated with lighter fluid, but it's easier to get a consistent burn and when you're first learning to use charcoal. So you can use regular um, coals from wood, but that's going to be a little bit trickier and harder to regulate as you're learning and getting things ready. So for ease, I would say start out with charcoal. So you're going to have your charcoal that's lit. You're going to pre-light it. And then you, why I said the spider Dutch oven is so important is because the spider Dutch oven has three little legs on the bottom in a triangular shape and so that it will set evenly on the ground. So you can put your charcoal lit coals down on the ground, obviously not in grass or anywhere it's going to catch on fire. And then you set your Dutch oven, the spider Dutch oven directly over top of them. And you use less heat on the bottom than you do on the top because as we know, heat rises. And so then the Dutch ovens that are used for cooking outdoors like this, the lids that go on top are flat and they have a lip. And this is so that your coals don't roll off. 
And then it um, obviously needs to be flat so that you can set them in there. And so you put more coals on top than you do on the bottom. And so you load your Dutch oven up with those and then you let it sit and it bakes just like it does in a regular oven. It's really cool. Um, we actually, when we go camping, doesn't matter who goes with us, every Saturday night is Dutch oven cook-off night. And so everybody has to cook their dinner in a Dutch oven and then we all eat potluck style and judge on who has is the best dish. And it's so much fun. You'll always spot us in the campground because you'll see all these Dutch ovens in a little circle going from everybody. We all cook together in the one spot. And so it's a great way to practice your skills. And it's also a fabulous way to eat because then you're not stuck with just whatever you can cook over an open fire when you typically think of campfire food. So I highly recommend that you get a Dutch oven and start cooking with that baby. So the second way we have to cook without power is just an outdoor camping stove. So you can get um, little lightweight stoves. They're just, I have one, it's a under 10 bucks, you guys. And it's only 3.9 ounces. And you can boil water with it. You can reheat, reheat food with it. And my husband actually got um, this little one. It's little and tiny. And you do need the little um, fuel canisters for it. But it's really great for backpacking as well. And so he went on a week-long rafting trip up in Canada, actually, on the Fraser River. So they were way out back. They actually had to fly in to get to the drop-off spot. Um, super crazy cool that he got to go on the trip. But anyways, he took this with him. And it worked great. So he was able to boil water and it's really tiny. Like when it came, I could not believe how small and compact it was. And he used it for the whole week. So, you know, it worked. It was great um, because there's nothing like being able at least to boil water and make coffee and that kind of a thing. And so he used it and was really happy with it. So that's something to have just as a, a backup um, and it was also great because that's something we just went through. I'm sure you've heard me mention it numerous times now on the podcast and on the blog, but we just went through a really long drought when the burn ban was on. And so when the burn ban was on, I could not use my Dutch oven outside because it was full on burn ban, no burning. So having a little outdoor camping stove that's propane, um, this used the, the little fuel canisters. I'm not, um, not even sure actually <laughs> the name if it's propane that's in them or not but it's these little canisters um that you um just hook onto it and that's your fuel source so anyhow I think it is propane sorry I should have looked at it but he used it I didn't so I'm just sharing that um but this was great because even with the burn ban on you could still boil water and heat things up and cook with it so then the third item and this is what I loved and used a ton this summer, especially with it being really hot because one, I didn't want to heat up my house and two, burn ban was on, is a solar oven. And so I have an All-American Sun Oven that's from Sun Oven and they actually sent it to me in exchange for my review and it seriously became my favorite new toy. I didn't really think that a sun oven would work all that way up here in the Pacific Northwest where we're at. And I was shocked and totally elated when it heated up to 300 degrees in just 20 minutes. In fact, it was so funny. Um, the first time I, I put it out and set it all up, you know, I kept, there's a thermometer in it, which is really fun. So the kids and I kept going over and we checked. It has a glass lid so you can see down through it. And we kept looking at it. And so, you know, like every five minutes we'd go over and one of us or another as we were doing yard work would roll call out like, okay, it's at 200 degrees, five minutes later, 250. And so I, it heated up really fast. I was really impressed with it. And so was my husband, cause we both were kind of skeptical. Um, I'd never done any solar cooking before. And like I said, where we're at, I just, we don't normally get super hot out. 
but it worked really well. Um, I used it, it, I've used it as a slow cooker when I went to work, um, cooked whole chickens in it. I've baked in it. Um, I baked potatoes in it, um, regular did cookies in it. You can use it as a dehydrator. And so I was just really surprised at how well and efficient it truly was. So I have a link to, um, the model that I have and use in there in the show notes for you as well. So that that is the solar oven. And then this fourth item we've got up is a wonder oven. So basically now I haven't personally used this, but I do have friends that, that have. So Basically, the premise of, of this is, is you bring your food up to temperature. So if you were, you know, cooking something, you would boil the water or, you know, have it on the stove, bring it up to heat or, you know, in the oven. And then you just pop it in the Wonder Oven and it continues to cook it without any fuel. So it just, it insulates it and uses the heat that's already in there to continue to cook it all day long. So you still have to have a way to bring your food up to temperature before putting it in. But you can make them at home really easy. I've seen tutorials for that as well. So kind of think like it's an off-grid slow cooker. So the food cooks all day while you go out and play, which is awesome. And so the wonderful thing about this is obviously with the sun oven, which I totally love, but you have to have sun or enough sun out to cast a shadow to be able to use the sun oven. So the Wonder Oven, you could heat your food up, say, on your wood stove, and then you're getting ready to leave for the day. So you turn your fire down. At least we do. We don't let ours burn hot when we're not at home. Don't recommend that you do that either. You could put your item in your Wonder Oven, and then it would still cook while you were out and about. So um, and I have a link to that as well in our show notes. So number five way on outdoor cooking is outdoor fires and smoking. So I love how these just use plain old outdoor fire and smoke to cook and preserve food. This is really how the pioneers did most of it. And so when you're doing outdoor cooking, obviously you're going to need to know how to build a fire, which if you're part of our 30 day preparedness challenge in this September, then we're going to be going through that. So look for blog posts coming near you soon. If you've never built fires or had much experience with outdoor fires, we're going to totally go over and cover that, including fire starters, keeping it going, fuel choices, all that kind of stuff. So that will be up and coming. But using an outdoor fire or smoking your food, we love smoked feet, um, smoked salmon, smoked turkey, smoked chicken, all that kind of stuff. Smoked cheese. I have a tutorial on how to smoke your own cheese at home. Oh my gosh, you guys. I have to confess, I don't smoked cheese very often because I can eat a whole thing of smoked cheese all by myself in like one sitting like oh my goodness one of my favorite things ever so I I try not to have it because I just have no willpower when around smoked cheese I will devour it so um but being able to smoke your food at home is a great way to do it off grid um there's smokers that use regular um you know the little wood chips and fire plus there's electric ones but that's obviously not going to fit into this series and so um, I will link to our favorite. Um, we've had three, four smokers um, since my husband and I have been married. And the one I bought him for Christmas last year actually has been by far the best. Um, we really like it. It's just so efficient. Holds temperature all day long um, on just a, a small thing of charcoal. Like it uses, a, oh my goodness, like on our old smoker, we would have to load it with fuel like sometimes three times if we were doing a big old huge whole bird or you know big thing of briskets oh smoked ribs oh my goodness okay I'm getting hungry (laughs) um so anyways the new one is great because you just load it with fuel once and we've had it stay up to temperature over 12 hours just on one fuel loading so that's been fantastic and I will link to that one in the show notes for you as well 
So the other way, and this is something that I use all winter long, is just to cook on top of a wood stove. So our wood stove is our main and only heat source that we use. We do have um, forced air in our home, but I have it set so it does not come on unless it drops beneath 56 degrees in our house, which is basically never because we use the wood stove. Um, I love being able to use our heat source for a second purpose, and that's to cook on it. So I cook on it even when the power is on. Um, and I have a full-on tutorial on how to cook on a wood stove. Because cooking on a wood stove, obviously the wood cook stoves, um, my parents actually have this really cool one. And I already have dibs on it if they ever get rid of it. Just to, any of my siblings are listening. <laughs> it's half electric and half wood. So what's great about it is there's burners on it that are obviously are electric. It's an old Monarch. And then there's the other side where you build it and then you um, your wood, your uh, fire, excuse me, obviously out of wood. And it has a cooktop on it, so for frying and that kind of a thing. And then the oven also works on electricity, or it works when you build the fire in it. It's right next to, on the other side of the oven, if there's no electricity, and then that heats it too. So you can use it that way. It's a really awesome stove. Um, when the power goes out, my mom uses it. Or like when they're having a really big, I have, um, I come. there's 10 of us children in my family. So if we all come up for a holiday, as you can imagine, it takes more than one oven to cook everything. So on like Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff, she'll have the um, the old Monarch going and baking pies in it while she's cooking the other stuff on their regular, just full on electric stove. So um, I have a tutorial on how to cook on a wood stove because it, it is different um, than there's a tiny bit of a learning curve. It's not hard, but there's some tips and tricks that you need to know if you're going to be cooking on a wood stove than just using a regular electric one. Number seven on our list is how to cook on an open fire. So this is the way that many a pioneer cooked on their trips west or on the frontier. And if all you have is a cast iron skillet, it'll totally get the job done. So I also have a um, picture tutorial that's great if you don't have any other supplies on hand. But did you know that you can make a pumpkin pie on an open fire without a skillet? I didn't. And this isn't me. I'd never done it before. But one of my friends, Stacy, has a really cool pioneer blog. And she roasts a whole pumpkin just in the coals of the fire and makes pumpkin pie that way, which is fabulous. So open fires are great for roasting. Um, we've roasted potatoes, corn on the cob, just leave the corn in the husk and roast it right on the coals in the open fire. It works fabulous. It's the best tasting corn that you'll ever have. In fact, that's the only way we cook ours is we leave it in the husk and cook it over um, either open propane flame if we don't have a, a regular wood fire going or on the wood fire on the coals. It's, oh my gosh, it steams inside and then you'll get a little bit of that smoky flavor in there and it's super yummy. Number eight is an earth oven. So an earth oven is an oven that's made from clay, sand, water, straw, and usually newspaper. I kind of love do-it-yourself stuff and being able to make my own outdoor oven would be a priceless skill. So I have a link on how to cook in an earth oven and make your own. It's not something that I've done, but it's something that's on our list actually to add to our outdoor kitchen. Um, if you happen to catch the latest um, magazine of New Pioneer Magazine, I write for them. Um, we showcased our entire outdoor kitchen. So we have an outdoor cooking kitchen um, outside on our homestead and we shared that in there with some do-it-yourself on how to build some of your own pits like an outdoor kitchen like we have. So if you saw it in there, um, we that's actually the next thing that we plan on adding to our outdoor kitchen is 
an earth oven. So that's something that I'm excited about. And of course, you know, as that happens, which will probably be next summer, spring, um, I'll totally be sharing you guys with you how that goes for us and how we build it. So number nine on our list is a tea light oven. So you read that right. You can cook a meal using tea lights. Pretty cool, huh? Uh, You don't have to purchase the expensive ones. You can make your own for less than 40 bucks. Sometimes little things can have powerful impact. So I have a link on how to make and use a tea light oven. And I have never used a tea light oven, I have to say. I mainly, the main things that I use the most for us is the Dutch oven is one of my, is my absolute favorite when the power's out. And of course on our wood stove. So those are the two I use really, really frequently. I do love to use the smoker. It's not something I use as often as the Dutch oven and the cooking it over an open fire we use a lot. And then number 10 is a volcano stove. So volcano stoves are kind of the ultimate in versatility. You can use either wood or charcoal and it packs down to like five inches and comes with a carry bag, which is pretty cool. And the neat thing about these little stoves is you can use it on multiple surfaces and it can be used to grill, bake. You can use it for Dutch ovens or open fire cooking. And you know, I'm all about multi-use tools. So I have a link to a four-in-one stove that's a volcano stove in the show notes. So you can check that out. And number 11 is propane and grills. So one thing that almost everybody has is a propane, propane, oh my gosh, you guys cannot talk, propane grill or camp stove. I'm so excited. I'm tongue tied here. But not everyone realizes just how much and how many different things you can cook or do with them. So you can use your outdoor grill for canning. Um, No more hot kitchen in the summer. Yay. Uh, cooking meats, corn on the cob, like I mentioned, and baking. And we have a favorite propane stove that we use um, for both. It's great for canning uses and for cooking seafood because, oh my goodness. Okay. So my husband loves crab and seafood and I hate the way it makes the house smell. If you have ever, we go out crabbing when the season is open, we're lucky enough. We only live about, oh, probably about 15 minutes from the ocean. And so we will drive out of the mountains and go down to the ocean and go crabbing. And so, you know, hopefully we limit out always the goal. So we'll come home with usually about 20 crab. But if you ever cook it indoors, it stinks. Maybe it's just me, but I cannot stand the smell of a whole bunch of boiled cooked crab in my kitchen. So my husband is a very sweet man and uses, um, we have a propane two burner stove that sits up on legs, which is nice because then it's waste level and it's really sturdy. So you can put big old pots on it, which is great. And so that's what we use. And he will cook his seafood outside, which I really, really like. And then also use it like if you're doing um, big old, like if you want to do up a whole bunch of applesauce or apple butter, because a lot of times when the harvest season comes here, it's still kind of hot out. And I don't like to um, heat up the house if it's still really hot. So you can use that and you can boil up a huge big old pot of apples down into applesauce in no time at all. So I really do like having that propane stove um, that we, we actually use it quite a bit in the summertime, truthfully, and into the fall. So, and of course, if the power's out, it's another thing that you can use as well. And like I mentioned, those are always nice to have when the burn bands are on, because that's something that we've experienced a lot here. Okay, so I have a couple of bonus items. I said 11 ways to cook outside, but I have a couple bonuses. So number 12 is how to cook with a solo stove. So the solo stove lets you cook and boil water with only using twigs as fuel. So you don't have to gather large amounts of cooking wood or purchase it or carry a ton of fuel with you, which is always a plus if you're, especially if you're out in the backcountry or hiking. So it only weighs nine ounces. So it's light. 
And you can boil water in less than 10 minutes. And it doesn't have as much smoke as a regular fire. And I love using Amazon because this isn't something, I researched this one, it's not something that I have or I have used. But I love using the reviews on how well a product does in real life. So people who've purchased it and really let you know the nitty gritty on how it works. So you can um, check that out in the show notes. I have a link to that one, to the solo stove. And then this one I thought was really fun. And this is how to cook in an outdoor pizza oven. So I actually have linked to a video for you that shows you how to make pizza and other baked goods in an outdoor oven. And like I mentioned, this is something that we plan on adding to our outdoor kitchen, hopefully next year. And I was seriously drooling over this oven. It is really cool. Um, And you can learn how to cook on it and on a shoestring budget. So I paired up actually with the Traditional Cooking School by Ganaufglins, which I um, am a contributor and taught three of the lessons in their outdoor cooking course. So I have a link to that video that shows how to do it in the outdoor oven. And it was pretty cool. I think that you'll really like it. So this concludes actually our 13 ways to cook off-grid or without power. And don't forget to grab, like I mentioned, that freebie um, that you can download, which is the gear on how to take care of, season, and clean the proper way your cast iron. And plus, I also share my favorite places to get cast iron and the best deals that I have found for it. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll look forward to visiting with you next time.